5: Absolutely. Absolutely. Welcome to Money-Making Conversation. I am the host of this show, Rashawn McDonald. Each Money-Making Conversation talk show is about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and living their very best lives through their passion or their gifts and that's what i'm going to do for you today just listen to the show listen to my interviews it is about information that you can use to get you to the next level i want you to stop tripping over small challenges and prepare to rise above the bigger obstacles that life is going to present to you the money making conversations, interviews provide relatable information hear me now Relatable information to you as a listener about career and financial planning, entrepreneurship, motivation, leadership, overcoming the odds and how to live a balanced life. My next guest is on the phone. I always enjoy talking to this person because she is a serial entrepreneur. She builds it, she goes on, she builds it, she goes on. My next guest is a former financial advisor and realtor. Today, she's known as a serial entrepreneur and well-known for her nightlife ventures through her Dillard Hospitality Group. A serial entrepreneur is a person who comes up with an idea, Gets the company started and then goes on to a new venture by gaining real world experience on how to start, operate, and manage profitable businesses. In 2020, my guest continues to expand her brand by offering business consulting for those who are serious about their entrepreneurial endeavors. Please welcome back to Money Making Conversation, my friend Snoop Dillard. Hey, 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 thanks
6: for having me.
5: First of all, first of all, first of all, Snoop, the two I went to your website. And I I printed it out for my show. The Snoop of uh, the the tour of Snoop birthday celebration for the month of April. Did any of that happen?
6: None of it. None of it. Not one
5: event. <laughs> I mean you had it going on April 1st, April 2nd, April. You you about to
6: it ain't, uh, yeah, I'm pretty known for having really big birthday celebrations. Well, I, know I next normally try tw- to do something at every one of my spots.
5: Absolutely. <laughs> so next 2020, I, I must be aware that in the month of April coming up, if I don't get an invite for Snoop, I'm tracking you down, girl. I'm tracking you yeah. down. <laughs> but congratulations. Happy birthday. The month of April is your month. Don't We won't let this pandemic keep you down, girl. And we're about to roll over to May. Happy birthday. Life is treating you well.
6: Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Now let's talk
5: about you and your business. You know, we know we are in the uh, people business. Uh, We are people Uh come in and uh, we know what the pandemic is happening. And first of all, uh, when how did I? Oh, there's steps to this whole madness that's happening right here because uh-huh. the madness is affecting uh-huh. people, uh, lives. As, as people are dying, there's testing, there's product to keep you safe that's not available on store shelves. But you're in the people hospitality business, which means that people come to your places of business. Let's talk about the right. first initial business shock that you had to undergo when the when they said, "Hey, you can't be open." Let's talk about that.
6: Um, so of course, as a business owner, it was, uh, definitely very shocking. I think just as me, number one, I, I watched the news and I try to stay informed a lot. So I didn't just start, you know, you got a lot of people that kind of just started watching the news, you know, with this whole pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I initially started hearing about the coronavirus and specifically this COVID-19 strand, uh, back in December, you right. know, when it really kind of started hitting China. And so, uh, employee of mine had actually had a trip planned to China in in January and she got really sick and we felt like she had the coronavirus you Mm, know and
4: so mm -hmm.
6: when she got back you know I I didn't let her come back to work you know for a couple weeks and you know things of that nature and so it's something that kind of was always on my radar and um I kind of saw this coming you know once our cases, you know, ended up, you know, going up and, and all of that. So about a week before they made us close, um, I had told my business partner two chains I was like, you know, I have a feeling they're going to close our businesses because we were actually just about to renovate our patio and switch out our POS systems, two things that are, you know, an investment, you know. And so I had actually told him, hey, let's kind of hold off on this stuff because I have a feeling we're going to have to close The businesses. And he was just like, What? You know, you think it's going to get that serious? And I was just like, Yeah, that's Mm
4: -hmm. basically
6: what's happening. And so uh, it was maybe about a couple of weeks later that, you know, the mayor, because of course the governor, he didn't really act quickly, but, you know, the mayor had given the sanction to, you know, go ahead and and close, you know, the restaurants. And so um, I was definitely, you know, very shocked and surprised. Um, and, you know, uh, I was even more shocked that they were going to be giving us, us, you know, or at least trying to give us some type of funds, you know, which I hadn't received, but, um, it's just very interesting because, you know, as a business owner, you know, you work hard, um, your business is like your baby and, you know, for things to happen, and for you to not be able to operate to no fault of your own just kind of leaves you in a very challenging position.
5: It really does. You know, and I want we're talking about the uh the payroll protection program that was set yes. up for small businesses to be able to get allocated funds that will be uh that actually could be a wash, at least 75% of the funds. If you apply those to paying your employees, paying your rent, and keep health benefits, then you don't have to pay that back. I have also applied for that. Snoop, nobody responded yet either. So hopefully this second round we can benefit from that. But I think the thing the, that, that, the thing that bothers me the most about this whole situation is that as a business owner, you know, 4.4 4 million people have applied for unemployment and we're just trying to figure this out together. The thing that has frustrating right. me the most is that nobody's giving us a plan on what to do. They've told us to stay home, which I understand. And I value that because the crisis is not over. But we do have to start functioning again. And so when you started making the decision to reopen your businesses, to make them, well, especially when the governor said, hey, there is, you know, you can open up uh, salons, tattoo, massage, spas and gyms and bowling alleys one Friday. And then the Monday, Monday after that, you can go into restaurants and theaters and things like that. He did not say that you had to open. He said you can open. He didn't say you had to open. Let's get that cleared up right now.
6: And how I look look at it is, you know, he just gave business owners an option. You know, if you're at the point that, you know, your business may get shut down, you know what I mean? Or or whatever, or whatever the case may be, you know, he just gave people an option, you know, to go ahead and, and open. You know, if you still don't feel comfortable and you want to stay at home and social distance and things of that nature, you're still able to do so. Um, and so for me, I made the decision to go ahead and open up... Um, Two out of the the four of my businesses. So I've got Crave Restaurant. uh, Two out of the five, I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, So Crave Restaurant and Little Five Points, I opened that business. Um, I opened the dining for that one today. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of the other things on our street opened, including another restaurant that's over here. So.
5: Okay, let's, let's, hit, let's start hit. with Craze, because I really want to uh-huh. slow this down, because this is a this okay. is an important interview about your business, about your brand, about how this country is going to be moving forward, because the format you're using right now is what people are going to be using in California, they're going to be using in Texas, uh-huh. because we all are going to open back up, and you should only uh-huh. open up when you're ready, and you put your employees in an environment they're comfortable to work in, and their customers, uh-huh. and your customers that you want to come into your place of business feel comfortable that they, they will be dining healthy and leave healthy. And so, so Crave, you, you, you got with the team. What was the plan of action that you put in place? Snoop
6: um. So one thing, you know, we have infrared thermometers on site. So, um, any staff that is coming in to work, they have to have their fever taken. Um, we're cognizant of any, you know, if they're displaying any symptoms or, or if they do have a fever, of course, we aren't letting those individuals work. Right. Um, and in that case, they would have to go get tested and come mm-hmm. back with a negative coronavirus test in order to work. Um, all staff members will be wearing masks. Um, our cooks, of course, already wear gloves as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, you know, um, all staff members will be wearing masks. All cooks, you know, have been wearing masks in the past. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are only letting a certain number of people in. So like for a restaurant like Crave, mm-hmm. um, as far as like the size of it, we've only got maybe about 2,200 square feet. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've limited the number of people that can come into the restaurant to 30 maximum. Okay. Um, so that's another another thing that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're thinking about, which I haven't done this yet, but I, I know when I open the bar locations, I'm probably going to have the hostess is going to have an infrared thermometer and actually be uh, checking each customer. That Thank comes you. In, you should
5: do that. You know, should do for, that
6: for a fever. Mm-hmm. You should do that.
5: And that you yeah. should do that because I, I'm recommending that, too, because, you know, I put together I talk to a lot of small businesses on a regular basis on my show and from from the beauty and barber salon to the restaurants. And and it is a plan of action you have to put in place and uh, checking customers when they come in is a smart move, because if they got a temperature, you know, they should they should be turned around turned away, they shouldn't be in your place of business. But more importantly, having that plan, I think, is really cool. So that's what you did at Crave. So what was the next place of business that you opened up?
6: Um so then remedy salon suites is open. So those are basically just so what I'm responsible for is kind of the common ground areas. Um yes, uh, so pretty much that, that business suite owners they rent from me and so then mm-hmm. they may have their own suites and their own businesses to operate. But we did strongly encourage that all of the suite owners wear masks. That they have have their clients wear masks, right? Um, and that um, so now nobody. I normally have a receptionist on site. Nobody will be allowed to go to her desk. She'll just be buzzing people in, and then they have to go straight to the suite that they're going to. Um, she also has an infrared thermometer, so everyone that comes into the building, their temperature will be checked as well, um, and. Uh, we aren't doing any waiting area, Absolutely. so they—they they literally the, the the customers have to come in and go straight to the suite that they're going to be serviced at.
5: Well, really, uh, thank you for, uh, for sharing these uh, stories with me, these business stories with me, because this format is is important. Now, you are in business with a celebrity, and uh-huh. uh, when uh, when and which uh, opens themselves up for criticism. They, they. I always right. tell people, you know, you can see a building, but if you don't see a name, a person. Now he's a person attached to that building, yeah. or a restaurant. How? Uh-huh. What has been the reaction of any, him even thinking about opening up his business? what has been the reaction to two chains?
6: Yeah. So I, so I own, I own three businesses with two chains, um, two of which are Escobar locations, which are pretty popular here in the city of Atlanta. Um, another business that we have members only lounge and restaurant and that one is more of a lounge so we didn't even consider opening that one when the governor gave us the option to do so right however our escobar location employs over 100 people that are absolutely struggling you know even though we've been able to do carry out um, uh, we've only our sales have been down by 90 percent
4: mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um
6: you know so even though we've been able to do carry out, you know, we're just rotating, you know, a few staff members. Um and so, you know, a lot of the staff, you know, has been struggling. And so anyway, you know, when the governor said that we could open, um, we initially wanted to go ahead and do so. And so
5: Well, you know, I, I hear all the complaints and I tell people this. Okay, we I and you and we're on the same page, Snoop, we're on the same page. Okay. From a standpoint of opening your business under the right guidelines of as much uh, of having safe operating principles for not only your employees, but your customers. Okay. When the, when the face mask first came out, they were telling us not to wear face mask. He said, don't wear no face mask. Don't wear face mask. Then three weeks later, wear a face mask. Now they're telling us, Hey, when is it safe to open? I don't know when it's going to be safe to open because of the fact that nobody has found a vaccine. And they've already told us this summer that you will still be social distancing. So we uh-huh. have to figure out a plan, Snoop, on how to operate our businesses, how to social distance ourselves. And then when the people start opening the business, first thing they're going to say is, it spiked. I told you, I told you, as soon as they start opening the business, I'm telling you something. It's going to spike anyway. As soon as exactly. we start really living a normal life, it's going to spike. But when we exactly. start living a normal life, Snoop, is when we can figure out how to contain this, how we can can live correctly, but your business has to open. 2 chain should not be hit with any backlash because he's trying to run a business in a new world, a new social society that prevents us from acting normal, walking normal, high fiving, hugging, dapping, kissing, strangers, people you love like you used to do. And because of that, right. we have to look at everything different. I'm be back with more Snoop. I'm so glad you're on the show. I couldn't wait because I wanted to just let you know I support you, and I will do whatever my brand can to extend information about your business is being open. But we're gonna be back with more because you, you you're a winner. You 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 know I love the I love the love you to death, and I,
6: I'm supporting Thank you so much. I appreciate it. We'll be right back
5: with more <laughs> Snoop Dillard. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald and you're listening to Money Making Conversation. I'm not uh, making this show or this interview about a campaign. It's about just stating facts in the new world that we live in. It's a pandemic world that we live in and we're all trying to figure this out together. This crisis is not over. So we're trying to figure out how we can move forward, how we can do business, how we can... Go shopping without being nervous. When we go shopping, we can find toilet paper on the shelves. We can find hand sanitizer on the shelves when we we can find paper towels on the shelf, rubber gloves on the shelves. That's what I'm trying to get in this new world. Now, businesses have to exist because people are employed. Four point four million people on it. For apply for unemployment that is not sustainable I'm still waiting on my my payroll protection uh, program protection check that hadn't arrived yet may not arrive so I still have to do business I still have maintain my employees we do zoom meetings on a daily basis because my guest Snoop Dillard is in the hospitality business that means that her business is designed to interact with people people have to come to her she provides a service They enjoy their service. They tell their friends. They tell other potential customers and her business flourishes. Since the pandemic hit, she has had to shutter all of her doors because of that reason. It has affected a lot of people, working people who are making a lot of uh, effective uh, payroll uh, payments, payments to their creditors, rent, mortgage, car notes, food which this economy needs to get back rolling on. I am not an advocate of how uh, Governor Kemp does business. I'm just an advocate of individuals who are trying to function again in this new pandemic world. Snoop, the floor is yours. You know, you're, you're, you're a business person. You didn't see this coming. I didn't see it coming. How are you looking forward? And when people, but people are still coming to you for advice because you are a success. You know, you, you, you know, you are a leader, a visionary. How are you dealing with uh, other people seeking advice from you during these pandemic times?
6: i um, really just trying to be, you know, a strong sense of support, you know, for other business owners, especially those that are afraid to open up their businesses because of backlash. You have some businesses that if they continue to stay closed, they may not, it may not even be a possibility for them to open up again at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just kind of, you know, being a support for those people, helping talk about, you know, the numbers and how far, how much sales are down, you know, and things of that nature. I think people just a lot of times kind of look at business owners as privileged people, you know, who get it made, you know, just because you have a business or two. Um, and that's not the truth. You know what I'm saying? Businesses have um, a lot of finances and a lot of bills and things of that nature, you know, behind them. Uh, so another thing that I've just been kind of doing is I've also... Recorded some courses that I've been releasing every week. So okay. um, I've got a my website is snoop dot com, but people can go to courses that mm-hmm. snoop dot com. And I've just done different courses on you know how to open up a business, you know how to fund your business, how to save and invest, how to invest into the market because that's a big thing right now. You know this is a man made recession. So mm-hmm. um, with the market being down, it is absolutely going to go up. And you know there are. Lots of businesses that do good business whose stock is down just because of what's going on. And so there's a lot of opportunity there, you know, for individuals to be able to make money mm-hmm. um, in the stock market. So I've been doing various classes and things of that nature, just keeping people um, up up to date on what's going on. Um, I've also, you know, I've got my YouTube channel, which is people can subscribe to that uh, at Who is Snoop. And so I've, I have release videos every week there. Um, I've done some just talking about the different financial opportunities that are available out there, such as the PPP loan and the economic in- injury disaster uh, loan and grant and things of that nature. So uh, just trying to stay consistent and continue to do what I do and keep people informed.
5: Well, yeah. <laughs> You know, some you said a lot right there. You that, that, you are pretty busy. You're pretty. You're pretty <laughs> yeah, busy.
6: <I> <laughs> yeah, and each and each week we've been like also. Um, Two chains and myself has been feeding somebody. So like today we fed the homeless. Mm-hmm. Last week you know we felt we fed um, some of the essential workers at Southern Regional Medical Center. So uh, just still you know trying to do what we do.
5: Well, you know, it's important that uh, all the all, well, you know, from jump when I first brought you on the show and it was about, you know, fear, doubt and failure are among the many reasons businesses fail and people quit. But you believe overcoming obstacles in life is the best tool for success. That's why you were talking about it. Snoop. Who is dot com, which highlights the recent achievements of you while documenting your journey with the world and the success around you. You know, we all go back to when you graduated from Vanderbilt because you graduated when you were 16. Correct. I graduated when I was twenty. Twenty? You went, to, oh, I went, when, went you to was when you were sixteen? You sixteen. After yeah. the, you graduated, when you was twenty. And so, so you've always been ahead of the curve, academically and professionally. And so, how did you uh, advice to people who are trying to find themselves? Especially they at home now. There's a lot of doubt. There's a lot of uncertainty. What advice would you give people, uh, young people, male or female? Uh, how to how to deal with these these crisis situations right now? It's new.
6: Um, I would just tell people, you know, stay grounded, you know, stay prayed up, um, try not to, there's a lot of, you know, just following, um, you know, just what, what it is that other people are doing, you know, have your own mind, you know, be a leader, be smart. Um, I think one of the things that you commented on is so true. You know, there's just so much different information that's out there Mm -hmm. that contradicts itself because this is a new virus, you know, so Uh, One of the things that I was really focused on doing is just kind of working on some things that I normally don't have time to do, you know, because life is generally moving so fast, you know, clean your closets out, clean your phones out, you know, little gardening projects and things of that nature, you know, at the house, you know, so. Um, I think it's a good time to just kind of, you know, focus on getting some things accomplished, mm-hmm. uh, and as well as, you know, make sure that you you get your information for yourself. You know, you have a lot of people who don't even turn on the news. You know, <laughs> most of their information is coming from just social media. Isn't that crazy? So, that is so
5: true. Uh-huh. That is so true. Yeah, because it's any time. Just have
6: to be smart.
5: Is any time right now. You should be hunkering down and getting the actual facts so I mean I even watch Fox News now I want everything I want all the information now now uh-huh. I'm not trying to be you're not gonna sell me over here on CNN or you're not gonna sell me over here on ABC on Challenger I like I go through less hope I go through all less the hold I go through all of them so I can make a decision that is right for me and right for my family and right for the people who I impact which are my employees so I would tell you this so Whatever restaurant you have, let me know. Get banners to me. I have 90,000 fan club members. You know, my social media is strong. You know, Snoop, I put you out there in a positive manner. And this is not a this is just a business conversation. I'm supporting somebody I respect, somebody who has been an angel for entrepreneurs in this city and this surrounding country all your life. And I will not shy away from supporting you right now.
6: Thank you so much. I appreciate it, and I need it.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I I know, like I said, when it when they, when when it was set up, I you know, you you make me feel good every time you I talk to you. I, I know we never met, but I love you to death, and I just love your personality. I love what you stand for. More important, you're a visionary, and also you have a passion to help people who don't have what you have. And that's important Uh because that's where I I stand. I've, I've been doing that since I was 18 years old. I've always given what I didn't have to somebody because guess what? I had it. And if you can't share your success, you can't share the the blessings that God give you. Then you're gonna fail anyway. And so I just wanted to bring Absolutely. you on the show, get those banners to me, Snoop. You know, I'm gonna be mad if you don't get it to me now. Because I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm telling you, and because, uh, because and that's the only way you're gonna win. You're gonna win by people sharing your success, by people stepping in line with you, saying, "Hey, she's doing the right thing." Because we got to get this country moving. Thank you for being a leader and um and in hearing what the governor was saying. He's not telling you you gotta open. You should open when. You you're prepared to open because when you prepare to open you can comfortably last long cuz nobody wants your place of business become a pandemic hotspot nobody wants that
6: absolutely nobody absolutely. wants that Snoop
5: thank you for calling on my show my friend okay
6: All
1: righty, thank you. Have a good one, baby. Got to, got to. It's finally here, the season of celebration. And no matter how you celebrate with family and friends, whether you're preparing for Reyes Magos or Karamu, lighting the menorah, or going to Midnight Mass, Kohl's has just what you need to make those traditions special. Plus, you'll find gifts for all your loved ones. Send warm wishes with cozy fleeces, sweaters, loungewear, blankets, and throws.
0: A-I.
5: next guest is a first-generation Nigerian American who has transitioned from being the uh, sarcastic waiter on the Mike and Molly sitcom to starring as an investigator in CBS and the CBS All Access. Series The Good Fight. He's a former athlete, you know, athlete, college basketball player, Bucknell University. You know, we say Bucknell, you got to go deep, Bucknell University. Who received his master's <laughs> of fine arts from the graduate acting graduate acting program at New York University. My guest is a busy actor. We already know that. He's a comic book aficionado. You may not know that, and he's an avid gamer. You may not may not have known that either. That's what we're gonna find out about all these interesting side side deals that he's doing in his life. Please welcome the money making conversation, my man. Man. niambi niambi
7: thank you thank you for having me
5: how you doing Oklahoma that's where you're from Oklahoma
7: yeah, yeah, I was born on the campus of the University of Oklahoma. So I'm, uh, I'm sooner born, sooner bred, and when I die,
5: I'll be sooner dead. <laughs> oh, okay, now you know that's, that's kind of I was yeah. almost cornered there, Nappy. It's almost cornered
7: there. But that's it. That's <laughs> it. That's what we do. That's the University of Oklahoma. I didn't make it up. They said I know it. I know it. I know. I know.
5: Oh, I enough, know. I know. So so <laughs> being a boy in Oklahoma, you no know, Trey Young isn't he for Trey Young from Oklahoma, right?
7: Yeah, he's from Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, okay. of, uh, one of our Oklahoma greats.
5: Now, as as an athlete, okay, athlete. Now yeah. you're an actor. You know, the, 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 the academics played away way. Bucknellers wasn't an easy school to get academic training in. So, so as no. an athlete, so let's talk about that. Uh, was 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 the possibility of being an actor on the horizon, or just playing basketball on the horizon, the NBA?
7: Wait, say that one more time. I'm
5: sorry. Was being an actor, was being an actor, the amb- was, being an actor mm-hmm. was the goal or just being an actor the goal? An actor. An actor. You know,
7: um, the, the goal for me, you know, had always been um, Basketball. And, right. and, and, and taking it to, you know, uh, you know, taking it as far as possible. Like, you know, the dream of course is to play in the NBA, uh, you know, but luckily like my father is like, uh, you, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. You, know, you mm-hmm. have to you have to do something different. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. to, you have to find what, what, what is the thing that you are, that, um, you can fall back on. And so I'm like, uh, wow, I, I want to fall back on basketball.
4: Mm -hmm.
7: Um, but while doing that, um, you know, I did have other adventures that I was into, you know, as far as the artwork, but I had an uncle, I have an uncle who was a painter who, you know, was, was struggling from, you know, from, um, from, you know, commission to commission, uh, you know, very successful, but that's how he was, was operating. And then, um, I was thinking about, you know, if I want to, you know, sit at a desk and, and, you know, be in, in advertising and I knew that that's something I didn't want to do. Right Now, in the meantime, I'd always been acting, but acting for fun. Like, I was, you know, doing it as far back as when I first did my first play, Cinco de Mayo in fifth grade. I'd always been... Had a love in for In some sort of drum. Yeah, I had a love for it, but I didn't know that that's... I didn't know that I was an actor. I didn't call myself that. It was just something I did as a hobby to have fun. And... um and it wasn't until I got, uh, when I saw the writing on the wall with basketball, that at the same time, I found myself on a stage, um, going further than I normally would ever go with, uh, with the work and touching on something that where we call in the business of acting, catching the bug. And that just completely, sh- it showed, it showed me the next 80 years. <laughs> you know, just being in that moment uh, on that stage mm-hmm. to where um, I, I quick, quickly realized that the dream of all dreams was to be an actor.
5: That's, that's amazing you know the understanding that because you say you started at a very early age you know I, I know my degree is in mathematics and I went to work for IBM and I was just doing stand-up comedy you know I, and people ask me did yeah. you always want to be a stand-up no I was just a, a funny guy maybe didn't even realize I was a funny guy and but it led me mm-hmm. to these opportunities and the reason I bring that up about you being an athlete and then now you being a famous actor and a working actor is that you know we are we are set in a path in life you know our parents can point you in the direction and say this is how you should live your life and then but you have to figure out how to live your life in a happy life that is comfortable to you and that's what you're doing right now even though you had the physical traits and the physical ability to be a superior athlete because they're just not passing out scholarships it you know <coughs> they're not passing them out so somebody looked at you on a regular <coughs> basis and said we can invest and he can help our team and so but as you went to college how would you? How were your? How, what was your friend saying? You was an athlete. You was acting. How, how was that whole process starting to develop in college?
7: Well, for me, you know, uh, college is a, is a great place to find out who you are. Like, it's a time to like sit back and be like, okay, uh, what do I want to do? What what do I want to do with the rest of my life? Right now. Um, you don't have to find the answer while in college, but you can explore all the answers while you're in college. Right. And, uh, for me, you know, I started off as a computer science major. Um, but then I found myself, uh, uh, like up until five in the morning, trying to figure out how to make a clock digitally move one second. (laughs) Um, then, and then an hour later I had to go to practice. So I was like, well, I ain't gonna work. Right. Um, and then, uh, (laughs) After that, I was like, well, I'm into art, so let me, you know, be a, uh, an, art, an art major.
4: Mm-hmm.
7: Uh, but then they had art history right after lunch, and um, I, I kept, every time, you know, they turn off the lights, I go right to sleep. And I was like, ah, again, I guess I can't major in art right now, because right. Um, mm-hmm. cause I just can't get past art history. Um, and then uh, I was a, uh, a, going to be a theater major but theater happened at the same time as basketball games as okay. far as the uh, the plays. Right. So I couldn't do, I couldn't do both. So then I was like, all right, uh, well, how about, um, I, I just do business. And so, um, I ended up being a business uh, major at Bucknell. Um, but then I was still like, I don't know what I would do with this degree in terms of what makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then ultimately what ended up happening, I found myself, um, you know, auditioning for a play right. and uh, getting cast in it senior year. And, uh, you know, cause I was injured. And then my coach, I told him, Hey, I got cast in this play as you like it. And then he laughed at me and said, get the practice. You're not doing that. So I was like, okay. All right. But there's something here there's something about this that I, I don't know what it is, but right. there's something here that I, I need to further explore. Mm-hmm. And then doing the, um, the, uh, the eulogy for the martyr children by Martin Luther King um, for this, um, this gala that was being put up at Bucknell my senior year. When I did that speech for, uh, for an audience, that's when I felt completely me, completely where I was supposed to be. Um more so than I had ever felt, even even when I was uh, you know playing at the top of my game basketball wise. right. Um, like that 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 same freedom that I felt on the basketball court when I'm like completely letting go and and at my best, uh, you know, um, not thinking, that's how I felt on the stage.
5: That level of freedom. And it's, so it's amazing. Yeah,
7: and I think basketball actually prepared me for that. Being an athlete. You know, it just uh, you know, uh, the um, uh, you know the practices would be like rehearsal. The discipline, the, um, the discipline. You know,
4: mm-hmm.
7: yeah, the discipline, all of that, man. Like the things that you that go into becoming, you know, the best athlete you can become are uh, are those those same things apply to to um, uh, not only acting but to any sort of discipline that you're 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 working on the um, uh, the very foundation of those. Different things that we work on, um, uh, require that work.
5: That's really interesting that you're bringing that because it really is, you know, whether you're repeatedly practicing your free throw, whether you're repeatedly practicing jump shots, or you repeatedly practicing mm-hmm. your di- dribble. Try to get better. that that level of discipline. That's what we're talking about right now. When you when we're talking about success or being consistently successful or trying to rise to a level that you can be successful. I want to ask this question because I, I do get athletes on my calls a lot, and 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 you're an individual who got a college scholarship, so you had. Athletes aspirations I believe to be an NBA player we all want to be Michael Jordan we all want to be Kobe Bryant we all want to be Charles Barkley we always want to be if you got the bulk to be a Shaq what did, did at what point in your athletic career you realize you know some I'm not going to be at that level or did you ever realize that and you said I'm just going to go in this direction to something that I feel I can I can excel in for me um you know I always wanted to be Magic Johnson
7: 'Cause you know, that that was my my my, my favorite player uh, of all time. Um and I just assumed that I would grow to be six eight.
4: Mm-hmm.
7: Um but I stopped at six feet. I uh, <laughs> think my body was like, you know what, You're good. You're good at six feet. You don't need the you don't need to go any further, just six feet. Um but I I wanna be bad at No, six feet. Um so um so I was like, all right, cool, six feet. we we'll try to work with this. Um, but then, you know, uh, sophomore year in, in college, um, you know, was actually a turning point for me because I actually wanted to transfer. I wanted to actually go someplace else and, and play because the, you know, as far as style of play and relationship to coach, just wasn't, you know, wasn't there.
4: Right.
7: And I wanted to, I wanted, I wanted to go somewhere else where I could, you know, I could maximize my skill set. And uh, and what was said to me then. Uh, when I, I had uh, spoken to the coach, um, actually put me in a place that made me, and this is truth be told, honestly, um, made me fall out of love for playing organized basketball.
4: Mm-hmm.
7: Because mm-hmm. It, yeah, I mean, I love the game, and I've always loved the game that will never leave me. But there's something about organized basketball, organized sports, that all of a sudden became... Um, it, it, it. It no longer became the sort of a fun a thing, passion
5: uh, for you a passion for you.
7: Thing. yeah, the passion, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So um so yeah, so that uh, so th- 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 that's when it started for me. Because I mean, look, I'm you know, I'm, I'm working these basketball camps, I'm working Georgetown University basketball camp, playing with those guys afterwards. Uh, Working the University of Maryland basketball camp, playing with those guys afterwards. If you think about it, back then, that's when Steve Blake was there, mm-hmm. when um, um, when uh, Juan Dixon was there, LaRon Prophet mm-hmm. would come back with ball, mm-hmm. Tony Massenberg would ball, mm-hmm. and um, and I'm balling with them, holding my own. And then these guys are like, "Man, can't wait to see what you do with Bucknell." You know, can you know, can't wait, can't wait. And mm-hmm. and then I get to school, and then it, somehow something would happen that just you know.
5: That didn't flow right. That's crazy. That's good. And
7: because it wasn't, it, it was no longer, uh, you know, working out. Uh, right. it, it just made me be like, you know what, I've got to look at this and and really and really see, is this where I'm supposed to be? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Right. You know. And the thing is, is that it, it basketball is what what makes me happy in terms of it being my happy place. Mm-hmm. But I can play basketball um, anywhere, anytime I want to. Right, you know, um, at six feet. So, uh, <laughs> at six feet, you know what I mean? Hell, even at five feet, I could. So mm-hmm.
5: um, that's right. He's the man. He's been on the show. He's an athlete, and I always, I, I love bringing people who are who. On paper, you see how they made a transition In his li- in their lives, you know, because You can be so successful in one direction And sometimes you can hold on to that, that Direction for too long because you're afraid to make Change, and when you're an athlete You, you can be driven by the Physicality of that's what defines you And that's why I love, and that's why I wanted to bring You on the show, Niambi Niambi, because You are, you know, you are that Athlete, you are defined by the, the Possibilities of what you could do as a physical Person, like you said, you were competing Against the Steve Blakes and the Juan Dixon and these are very familiar names for me, okay? From that whole, uh, you know, Maryland, Maryland, Georgetown era back then when, when, they, when they were just just winning on the regular. Maryland is still having has a really successful program, and Patrick Ewing trying to bring back the Georgetown program. But more importantly, you understood yeah. that God gave you more than one talent. You, you understood that you you had multiple layers of opportunity. You just had to figure out how to use those. And acting came along. Now, let's talk about that transition to becoming a working actor how did that all come about you know because you said you were passionate about it we, we can have a lot of passion yeah. you know that but you got to have the breaks and when you get the breaks, you got to take advantage of it talk to us about that
7: well here's the thing so for me the um when I made the, the, the when I made the decision to be an actor um, it was made because I i door imaginatively I should say um but I could see myself doing it when I'm 90 mm-hmm. and I could see See that? Uh, every decision I made in terms of going to, you know, sell Atlas to acting for going to the Public Theater Shakespeare Lab to study for a summer, um, you know, going to do regional theater, going uh, back to school, going back to uh, NYU to get my master's degree yes, in sir. acting, mm-hmm. all of that felt like a blip on that long scale of, of my career that would last through the age of 90. Mm.
4: See?
7: So, like, any of those decisions I was making, I knew that I, I you know, I have, I have time. I have time. I have time. I have time to be the best that I can be, to to figure this out, to uh, you know, I took you know to do background work on all my children, to do um, you know background on on, uh, on um, you know Law and Order, mm-hmm. just so I can see what it's like to be on a set. You know, so like I could take the time to do things like that to to uh, study my craft and see other people doing it, to get as close to other people that do it. Um, you know, and you know, watch them, observe them, and then be able to say for myself, okay, that's great. I know what that is. Um, I know that, uh, and this has been fun. Every experience that I, I've I've undertaken, I try to have the most fun with it. And I think the uh, you know any undertaking that you take on. Uh, joy has to be a part of it. And so, um, even when I was a background actor, it was like joy, you know, uh, was, was a big part of it. But I, I, I said to myself, now that I've done that, I know that this was a great experience. Right. This isn't me. And so then mm. I would move on to the next thing. Mm. Um, you know, cause I knew exactly the sort of, um, projects I want, I wanted to, uh, be a part of the type of actor that I, that uh, I know that I am. And if I'm not that yet, I was going to do the things that I uh, I needed to do to um to uh bring myself there. Um so um yeah it's really it was it, it was really a journey of just trying to figure out um you, you know who who am I? And then who am I in this business? Well
5: who and, who told you you uh, was funny though? Niambi? you know the who beat, told me I was funny? Yeah, who told you you was funny though? Okay, this is a comedian. This is a professional comedian talking to you. Who told well, you you were funny? Mhm
7: you know what's funny so like i i always knew that i was funny when um because when i was in when i was in like high school right college mm-hmm. i was the dude see, i was the quiet dude right but like at the same time somebody would say something i Turn and whisper to my friend and say something funny, and then he bursts out laughing, and everybody be like, "What? Well, well, what's happened?" I'd be, and then he could be like, "Oh, Nia just said something funny." <laughs> right, just right, said something right, funny. right, right, but Yeah, right, right. and then it wasn't. It wasn't until later, mm-hmm. like acting, all that, whatever. Actually, I just, you know, it came out of my shell, and I was just like, you know, I just started being goofy and just like saying whatever I thought, and and you know, try to make people laugh and 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 uh, bring joy to people, even if it was right. You know, even if it is, uh, you know, I'm sooner born, soon to red, I'll, and, you know, I'll, I'll sooner die, whatever. So, like, but I like saying those things just to, like, um, you know, make somebody smile. Like, it's, it's.
5: You know. Well, you know, so I'm, I'm going to say this to you, Diambi. you know, and. Um, yeah. You know, about your, your talents, because to make, yeah. to be funny is very difficult to be funny. You know that. To be dramatic oh, is yeah, still a yeah. talent. But you're not forcing people to react. See, when, you, when you're being funny, yeah. you're, you're forcing people to laugh or to smile. So you could do a dramatic yeah. scene for a long period and people just can sit there and just internalize it emotionally and they might not react, mm-hmm. they might not cry, they might not show any facial features. And so, so when I look yeah. at your career and you're doing that, my man, that's, that's the compliment that I got to mm-hmm. throw to you. Very few people have done that in Hollywood very well, Robin Williams. I think he did it yeah. fantastically. Uh, Kevin Hart, I think is doing an amazing job of it. Jim Carrey has made mm-hmm. those um, most monumental, serious to comedic transitions on the, on the, on the big screen. And and you're doing it too. Now with the, with the good fight. Now I don't want to steal any thunder from the show, but tell everybody, set up everybody exactly what that show is. I got it right in front of me. I can tell them, but you know, I, I got a star of the show on here. You, you, you got my boy, Michael Boltman in there. I love him to death. One of my.
7: Oh, yeah. Michael.
5: Great. Daryl Lindo. That name right there. Let you know. Yeah. You you got some acting chops around you right there. You got to bring it when Daryl Lindo is in the scene. And then and she can sing and she can sing like the wind. That's Audra McDonald. So those are just yeah. three names like, because the show is based on uh, a, a white talent being introduced into a black world. So I've set it up. Mm-hmm. Explain to everybody what goes on on The Good Fight, which is available on all access CBS.
7: Yeah. So, like, uh, you know, to answer your question before that, uh, you know, as far as like, uh, you know, comedy uh, versus drama, like the way I would say it to people, it's just, you know, the difference is that it's just when you decide to say say something. Right. It's the timing. You know, it's literally timing, pitch, all of those things. You know, and 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 just surprising people. And I think when you surprise people, it's like tickling them, and they, they and they laugh. You know, mm-hmm. and um and and I love doing that. I love finding that. You know, just trying to surprise someone with with uh, with you know a well timed joke. You no. know, and um and and there's there's some elements of that with um even with a good fight, but um but you know good fight the good fight drama. Uh, we got like you said the amazing Dolores Lindo. <laughs> um, uh, who is the uh, the, uh, the head of this law firm, mm-hmm. um, Reddit Bozeman At the time when you first start, Reddit Bozeman Colstad, and we have this um, uh, we have uh, Christine Baranski, amazing actress as well. Come on, who, um, the beautiful! Uh, you should put the word beautiful.
5: The word beautiful, Christine <laughs> the beautiful, Baranski. She's the she's beautiful,
7: awesome. wonderful Christine Baranski, mm-hmm. who they spin off from The Good Wife, mm-hmm. um, as uh, you know, her character Diane Lockhart, and she was going to retire. But then decides to come back because, you know, she got to make some money. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only people that would hire her were there were, um, were uh, Adrian Bozeman, Delray Lindo's character, because they needed a, uh, they needed a diversity hire.
5: Right. Mm-hmm.
7: So. So, yeah. And so then this is us now uh, with with Christine, with Diane at our law, law firm. We are now at a, um, a traditionally um, uh, black law firm, mm-hmm. um, watching the ins and outs of this company over uh, the next several seasons. So, it's um, it's actually amazing. I mean, the actors that come through. I mean, we've had, um, we had we uh, had Lou Gossett Jr. Mm. Uh, come through, which was great, um, who who um, is the um, the head of the law firm. You right. know, So he came in and, and did it, did an episode. But I mean, we have so many great. Guest stars that come through, right? like the writing is incredible. We're we're always we're always uh, talking about what's current and 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 what's current and what's new. Something that went viral not too long ago was this video of, uh, of Adrian Bozeman, which is Delroy Lindo it's from season two,
4: mm-hmm.
7: where he's on a news outlet and they're talking about the N word, and then he's like, you know what? Go ahead, man, say it. Say it. you know you want to say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Man. and um and like and and you know and it went viral and people mm-hmm. are like well what is this what is this and it's like no that was from something two years ago that we shot on our show the good fight and we're but we're always current we're always current hitting you with new stuff hitting you with the things that you that that people won't talk about and and, and should it's one of those um i call it a water cooler show it's one of those shows to where you know you at your water cooler you're thinking about what you watched last night and then somebody else comes up to the water cooler get their water and you look at them and you say hey See what happened on the good fight last night? I'm like, yeah, golly, Ali, yo, it was crazy. Now, what is so your character? What I is I your said.
5: character, Nambi? What is your character? I knew you're an investigator on the show.
7: Yeah, I played Jay Depersia, the Persia, uh, the the in-house investigator at uh, Reddit Bozeman Colstad. Uh, uh, and for those who are up to date, uh, Reddit Bozeman uh, Lockhart. And uh, you know this cool dude, somebody who just uh, who who uh, you know gathers all the information. He he, he may. He may not give you what you want, but he'll always give you what you need. Uh, you know, very mysterious uh, uh, sort of um, you know uh, investigator uh, in terms of his methods, but but um, but but reliable. He's a dope, like he's dope, like you, you just like he's dope, like right. you, you gotta you gotta watch this the show to understand what I'm talking about. This in terms of not only my character, how dope that you know Jade the is, but then also. They're just the world that um, these characters all live in.
5: But not only that, though, the great acting, like I say, you know, I don't want to gloss over the fact yeah. that you're a talented actor, young, up and coming. When you compare yourself to a Dale Lindo yeah. or, or the resumes that uh, a Michael Boatman has mm-hmm. out there, put out there over the years, over the decades, you know, yeah. these guys, are, they are yeah. they're truly working actors in this business. And from an African-American standpoint, mm-hmm. you you look at them and realize that because it's difficult just, just to do anything consistently. But from an African-American standpoint, you can say I work as an actor for a living. That's a testament to your talent. And your testament to how you handle relationships. Because relationships is very important in all business, but especially in Hollywood, the RJ McDonald. But there's a little, little nugget of information that I want to say about this, about uh, Christine Baranski's character. Like she was doing well, really, real, really well. She was about to walk out in the sunset. Her husband got caught up in a Madoff type scam. And when he got caught yeah, up in that madoff type scam, he lost all her money and his money too. So she had to go find a job to come close to kind of maintaining her job, which kind of like keeps her locked into this firm that offered her a job when nobody else wanted to hire because she had a little attitude out there, people. That untouchable. She was a queen bee, and so when everybody to saw the queen bee get stung, they were like laughing. Oh yeah, you want ask me for a job? I have nothing for you. Well, this African American law firm, law firm, offered her a job, but guess what? It did. It's not sitting very well with all African Americans at the firm. That's the mm-hmm. beauty of this show because of the fact that. I love it because they're classic shows on TV, and you involved in one, the Law and the Lauren series, Homeland series. I have watched this show and uh, and enjoyed the. Just, I'm gonna just tell you this. I'm a fan of yours from a standpoint mm-hmm. of just watching you grow as a young man on the screen. I do believe yeah. Nyambi Nyambi, you have a career, and 20 years from now, you'll be Darrell Lindo, you'll be Michael Boatman because you're showing that you have a versatile palate. You can play serious, you can play dramatic, and that's how you last in this business. If you look at Darrell Lento's resume, comedy drama you look at Michael Boltman's resume comedy drama you look at niambi Niambi's yeah. resume comedy drama do not change my friend you're on a path for long-term success keep winning and keep understanding that I want to make a quick shift right quick because I want to talk about you being okay. a comic book aficionado so I brought that up early I don't want nobody to say man he said he gonna talk to him about those comic books and didn't say nothing tell us about that and tell us about your gaming background <laughs> yeah
7: so The day um i'm actually in many ways playing catch-up because i you know we moved around a lot when i was a kid and so the stuff that i was into as a kid were were uh, comic strips and, and cartoons right. but I'd, i never knew a comic book store existed not um i was in in grad school and one of my classmates was like hey i go to the comic book store every wednesday i do this one another wednesday why wednesday and he's like, yes, yeah, they the day that comics come out. And I'm like, wow, like, that doesn't make sense. I was like, can I follow you to a comic book store? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I follow him to, to Midtown Comics in New York, one of the largest comic book stores in the country.
4: Mm-hmm.
7: And I walked in there, man, and it was like, it was Candyland. I could not believe all of the comics that I had missed. Mm-hmm. And that was like in front of me. And that had to be, that was, um, that was 15 years ago. And I'm telling you from then on, it's just been devouring comics nonstop. And um, so like, like comics are a huge part of uh, of who I am, a part of um, uh, of what I do. Right. Um, you know, I use it, I use it in terms of, in terms of like foundational work, even for my acting, as far as, you know, as, cause I'm a sketch artist. Mm-hmm. So as far as sketching, I'll sketch, like if I see a scene and I see a scene where I may not, not like, you know, um, so ter- in terms of what something may look like, or or mm-hmm. have a relationship to that mm-hmm. particular object, or a relationship with that person, I'll draw the person, I'll draw the object, looking a relationship with that person because I'm actually looking at the details of that object or the details of that person. So it's like really dope, um, you know, in terms of how comics have inspired that, um, you know, for me. Before it was comic strips that inspired that, and now it's comic books that are doing that for me. Um, and then um, what else? what else? As a gamer. Oh, gaming, mm-hmm. gaming. Yeah, a yeah, huge gamer. Like the thing is, you know, I used to game a lot as a kid. And then the game that brought me back into the fold was um, was Metal Gear back in 2000. I want to say
4: 2002,
7: 2003, mm-hmm. 2003 on the um, on the PS. So I want to say the PS2. I think mm-hmm. it was the PS2, maybe the PS1. Mm-hmm. I don't know PS1. Mm-hmm. And um, and like. Like game, like, like, you know, anything and everything, you know, games like, the you know, The Last of Us, Shadow of Mordor, well, you know, of it. course, play the 2K games, uh, NBA 2K, FIFA, Cuphead, I'm playing, uh, again, on my Nintendo Switch, one of the hardest games you'll ever play. My boy, you know, we're arguing whether or not Cuphead, you know, the villains in Cuphead are as, are, are as hard as Tyson from the from Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Absolutely. You know, that's something that we argue about, you know, daily. Absolutely. So, like, um, you know, Like gaming is a huge part of what I do in terms of just passing the time and just like engaging the mind because you got to engage the mind every day.
5: Wow! I'm tell you, I want to take you. I want to thank you for coming on my show. I'm talking Niambi, Niambi, the star of the uh, CBS All Access series, uh, The Good Fight. Uh, my friend, know you have a home here with Rashawn McDonald, on Money Making Conversations. Uh, I enjoyed the conversation. I hope you enjoyed the journey and allowed me to share a small portion of your life very quickly in my format called Money Making Conversation. I appreciate you coming on the
7: show. My man, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: At ADP, we understand the importance of building the right team and offer the data insights to help. Just as importantly, our AI technology helps you pay the team accurately. Grow stronger with ADP. HR, talent, time, and payroll. Look through
6: your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure in pebbles.
5: My next guest is the CEO and owner of Bella Sloan Enterprises. His company not only helps you repair your personal credit, but also educates them on the topic. In addition, his company helps small to medium sized companies with funding via their credit, their, via their v- business credit. His company has been in operation for over 13 years in the Philadelphia area. He has turned his passion of helping others into a thriving business. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Herman Doshi.
3: Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me today.
5: I appreciate you, my friend. Uh, Life is good for you. And uh, I'm I'm assuming you're in the Philadelphia area right now.
3: Yes, I am. We all hunkered down right
5: now. <laughs> good. Well, I'm hunkered down in Atlanta. I would love to. I got I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Texas boy. So I was born and raised in Houston. So I want to get okay. back to Texas. But, you know, right now I got all the family in Atlanta dealing with this pandemic and not allowing it to win. I want to read something that I took from your website about your mission statement before we start the interview. It's a good, really positive statement. Our mission is to help our clients reach financial literacy through Through credit education and repair. In addition, we teach and help entrepreneurs to obtain the capital and credit they need to fuel their dreams. Whether you are just starting your business or looking for millions in capital to expand, we have solutions that can help you fund your endeavor. That's your mission statement. Correct. What does that mean in the sense as far as because you went from felt like you can go from the small businessman to the multi-million dollar business is trying to move forward in a stronger direction how do you balance that 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 extreme
3: so when when what, what i like to do is when um, i'm doing promotions or advertising yes, via social media or when i'm speaking in front of a group of people i like to present the end goal mm-hmm. to potential clients so the goal is to be successful right. in your business whether it's monetary or the amount of people that you're helping right mm-hmm. and we're showing the the you know real estate or people that are in trucking they open restaurants right so we're showing we're showing that future goal. Why I do that is because in order to get to that goal, where I'm where I'm helping the small and medium businesses, we have to backtrack to how they got there. Right, and how they got there was through financial literacy, which started with having a budget, saving your money, investing it wisely, and also primarily repairing your credit because that's how a lot of my beginning entrepreneurs started to get the capital to fund their dreams. It all started there. So that's why I really push it for our community and all communities to be really, really literate in how the credit system works. Mm -hmm.
5: You know, it was re- really interesting when you talk about, are we talking about business credit or just a uh, personal credit? Or are you just talking both. about both, both? Okay, because.
3: Both, yes, yes,
4: yes. Because we
5: all start, we all start out with personal credit. We all, we all right. start out there. You know, it's, it's always a joke, you know, how, you know, people use their kids to co-sign for loans. It's a running <laughs> joke within the, you know, in the urban communities. And you, right. know, you, might, own a, you might own a car, didn't even know it. You know, because your mom or your dad put your name in it and messed up your credit. Right, right, so how does one, for some reason, I would tell you this, Herman, for some reason, when I was 18, I knew I had to have good credit. For some reason, I was very protective of my credit. When I And I, I got my first Sears card. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call out some old credit cards here. Montgomery Ward, <laughs> you know, man, I was happy, man jc penny and when i got the sears card back then was we got a sears card back then? it was just like getting a a green american express card that was like that was like the bomb to get a sears card so how does how does one look at it today how does one protect their credit first of all and how does one i'm gonna ask you two questions how does one protect Mm -hmm. their credit personal credit we're gonna talk about that first and then how does one build their personal credit
3: So let's start with um, building it first and then we'll talk about protection of it. So building um, the credit first, again, starts with you understanding it and um, being educated on it. So, The the older your credit is, the the better it is and being educated on it. So I got my first credit card when I was 17 years old. Mm -hmm. I'm 39 right now. Mm -hmm. So my credit is really, really old. So start early, educate your children and your youth on credit and how it's definitely going to help them um, later on in life. Because um, as your credit ages, you're going to get credit limit increases. So like one of my oldest credit cards is like 15, 16 years old. It's an Amex. Right, And it has like a $25,000 limit. Now that type of credit card on my credit report makes me look really, really strong right. as opposed to someone who's 35 and they just started um, working on their credit and they have like a secure card with a limit of $500. We both could have a 700 credit score, but my profile looks better <laughs> because it's thicker and it's an older card. And that's not the only one I have on there. I have a car note. You know, I have a mortgage. I have demonstrated to the banks, that I have been responsible with money over X amount of time. So that's why I teach people to start building your credit young. The older it is, the more stronger it gets. Now, um, protecting your credit is a daily monthly um, um, responsibility. I tell people all the time how, um, like me, all my credit cards are on auto pay, right? Because life happens.
5: You will forget. You <laughs> no, know what I'm telling I'm telling Her- tell Herman. I, I Her- agree with you. You know, because I'm I'm resistant to that auto pay. You know, because I uh-huh. I hate people taking money without me controlling it. That's what uh, auto pay. I is. hate, it. I it's hate it. It's the
3: worst. It's the worst. But uh, I don't care how small it is. It still bothers me. Rob. I was like, no, I want to log in and do it myself. <laughs> but what I what I will say though is, um, for my this is a great tip for my new. Um, my new people who are new to building credit right. and they had that habit that got them into um, negative credit. So I want to start new positive habits. And then when you're responsible enough, Hey, you know, I can log in every day to do that. But I give that tip to, you know, do it yourself um, right now. So uh, I mean, put it on auto pay. So with the auto pay though, just put in the minimum that's required. So, say for instance, you know the oh. bill is a thousand dollars, right? Mm. Just the minimum payment of fifteen dollars a month have them take it out, right? You don't right. need to pay it all off. Just if you just pay the minimum, you you've never been late, right? And as you pay down the debt and you throw chunks at it, yeah, I'm just gonna put an extra two hundred. Oh, the stimulus check came in. Let me put this extra thousand. That's great. Mm-hmm. And your credit score goes up. The less debt you're in, but as long as you paid it on time every single month, that's some. That's the. That's the most important thing on your credit is not being late.
5: Well, let me tell you something, man, learn something right there, the minimum, because I'm a resistant guy, you know, right now I'm fortunate. My credit score I checked before I got on the interview, which was 830. That's my credit score. The most, the highest you can get is 850. And so, and so, but I also know that Rashawn. Has has missed like this year. I missed a couple of payments because uh-huh. I've been resistant to to my my because I have my Chase card and then I have mm-hmm. my Citibank card, which are right. you know I can pay the minimum, like you said, okay. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. and I missed them a couple of times. Where if mm-hmm. I'd have just did taking your advice and just Rashawn, <laughs> just pay the minimum, just put the minimum auto, I wouldn't even have missed. I didn't I even know admit, you could do yeah. that. I always felt that when you talk, when you put it on auto, you got to pay the maximum that month. And that's what I've been no. very resistant. OK, cool.
3: Got you. No, no, no. Just the minimum. Um, mm-hmm. That's all you need to pay. So whether the debt is still there or not, 35 percent of your credit score, the most important factor is just paying it on time. So, you know, when you cross the bridge and you have that chunk to pay it down and pay it down, but just don't be late.
5: That's the beauty of uh, talking to an expert. <laughs> That's what a Herman <laughs> is. You're an expert. Now let's. Let, let, I, I started asking you some general questions, and we know that you've been and you've been in this business for 13 years. You know the mm-hmm. the name of your company is uh, Bella Bella Sloan Enterprises. First of all, Enterprise. tell us the yep. name. Tell us about that name, and then tell us about your business.
3: So, a Bella Sloan Enterprises is um. You know, there's a difference between having a hobby and running a real business. Yes, sir. So, you know, I've been divvying and credit credit for quite some time, right? I had to. Put a pin in that story. So, Bella Sloan (laughs) is the name of my daughter, right? Right. My firstborn. Mm -hmm. And um, when I was um, on my baby moon with my wife, we went to Italy, right? Mm -hmm. I was still working at the time, had a full time job. Wonderful, amazing trip. We was gone for 14 days, traveled all over Italy. And we were on a train to Pisa, right? And I realized, I was like, wow, I wish I can do this whenever I want, right? But what, what happened was I had to ask somebody permission to be gone for 14 days. And right. it bothered me the entire trip. Got home. I spoke to my brother. He's also an entrepreneur, has his own business, 1990 business consultation. And he was like, listen, the only way you'll be free is if you own your own or else you'll always have to ask somebody permission. Yes. And I was like, well, what business am I going to start? He's like, listen, you've been doing credit repair for everybody for free because it was just something (laughs) important. It really I was doing it for free. It was a skill that I learned a while ago Mm -hmm. when my father's um, information got on my credit report and I had to write the letters to fight it. And he was like, you should charge people to do it. I was like, nah, like, this is important. He's like, no, they're going to pay somebody. They might as well pay you. Thank you. I was like, I was like you know what, you're absolutely right. So I got a couple of friends, I did their credit reports for free. And then I started posted their results on social media. And then the business started growing and booming from there. And what else helped my business grow is that giving people valuable information for free Mm -hmm. Right. It's super important because if you're giving me such valuable information for free, imagine if I pay you. So that's how I started building my business.
5: You know, it's really interesting because we do that. We're afraid to charge people for services sometimes yeah, you know, yeah,
4: you know, we're yeah, afraid to yeah.
5: put a dollar amount because you're afraid to lose the relationship what if they say no what if they start talking to you but guess what the only, if the only reason they're talking to you because you providing a pre-service you might want to stop talking to them because yeah, means they're, exactly. they're using you I, I'm really enjoying uh-huh. the conversation I'm talking to the CEO and owner of Bella Sloan Enterprises his company not only helps you repair your personal credit but also educates you on the topic his name is Herman Dolce we'll be right back in our next break we're going to a lot of more questions you know when right now in the middle of COVID-19 we know every now this PPP is the government really going to help us this time around because I know I missed out on that loan last time Herman so I'm not happy and I'm not I'm not comfortable I'm gonna get something this time around either be right back with more Money Making Conversations. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald and you're listening to Money Making Conversation. Always having a good time on this show. Always talking to individuals who come on this show to make a difference in your life. They have passion. They turn that passion into money. They turn that money into a career. They turn that career into like a future. They they, they can control their own destination. I know there are a lot of people out there who are working for people. This is not a slam on you, but this is an opportunity to show you even if you work in a 40 hour week, job you can be successful in that 40 hour week job if you have the right techniques the right understanding but right now I'm talking to an entrepreneur who went for 14 days on a trip And he was mad for 14 days (laughs) that he had to ask for permission to be gone for 14 days. You know, it's really great that something has to trigger that level of inspiration. You know, something has to go off in your mind. Go, you know something, man, I can do better. I can be better. I can, I can, uh, I don't, I'm not a 40 hour week guy, but it's also Mm -hmm. a fear that's tied to that. Isn't it Mm -hmm. making that change? Talk about that.
3: Very, very much so. Because you know, there, there is a safety net. And if I do this, somebody is going to give me this, right. Mm-hmm. That, that, that work and you know, I'm not saying anybody's brainwashed or, you know, what makes you happy is good for you. Right. Then do that. Um, but what I realized was, um, when I started processing that trip and the permission of it all was that I was capped, they decided what my value was worth. Right. I couldn't make more money if I wanted to. Right. Mm-hmm. But you know there are people out there that are actually doing it. Don't let me see that because once I saw it, and I was like, "Wait, this guy makes what I make in a month, mm-hmm. or he makes what I make in a week." Mm-hmm. So it can be done. Mm-hmm. So now that I know it can be done, I'm going to figure out how it can be done, so I could, you know, leave a legacy um, for my children. So you know, um, everybody fixes credit, but learning how to build a brand learning how to be um, give good customer service, learning how to be the best credit repair person I can be and show businesses how to get funding is what elevated... Um, my business
5: after that Cool Now that's key right now Okay we talked about The personal credit Okay we all That's relatable to anybody Because you have to go personal right. Before you go to business Now let's shift right. over Just to the business side Because you know That was a part that confused me You know ha- Having to get a Don And Bradstreet number Got to establish All these different There's a lot of different Techniques that you have to do And you have to get people to You know uh, uh, Reference you And they have to be uh, Tied to a certain amount Of a Don uh, An active Don's And Bradstreet number So let's talk right. about that whole business credit and building out your business so you can bid on government opportunities or rfps and all that stuff because it really is a lot of things that are happening out there whether you're establishing a bakery or establishing an it firm or llc or an s corporation it really goes do you work with somebody uh, a cpa firm or we're just talking about credit only here
3: mm-hmm. so yes um Uh, um, Let me talk to you first about the the business credit aspect of it. And then uh, I want to go more so into the team aspect. Yes, So business credit is credit in your business's name, not in your personal name. So that's one of the benefits for it. So you know how when you max out a credit card, it drops off, it drops your credit score Mm -hmm. because you have a business credit card and your business owns that credit card that debt doesn't show up on your credit report. So you can max it out for real estate deals or trucking or advertising, whatever you need to do to invest in your company to get a return Mm -hmm. and it won't hurt you personally. That's the benefit with it. And that's why I always preach it to my people. Um, and to all communities, why, you know, get your LLC, get that documentation, get your Dun & Bradstreet number and go get yourself some business credit cards. Um, now, what was the other thing after that we were discussing? I wanted to touch base.
5: Well, it was, it was it was about it was it was about first of all you, you answered the questions about the business, but also growing the business outside of uh, the whole process of establishing yourself and getting the loans and getting the money and how does that mm-hmm. grow?
3: Okay, so after you get your initial business credit, like I'll tell you how I did mine. Yes, sir. Um, I think I got like a. One of my first business credit cards was like $22,000, right? Because the limits in business credit are much, much higher than personal credit. That's another reason to get it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It was 0% interest for this card, and American Express gave me 20 months 0% interest. So when I maxed out the card for a real estate deal, it cost me $189 a month, 0% interest, right? Mm -hmm. So I was able to complete six real estate transactions in 20 months with that money. So I flipped that $20,000 six times before the interest rate hit on that credit card. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Before Mm -hmm. it kicked in. Mm -hmm. But I already made my money. I paid them back their money. And guess what I did next? When a 0% ran out. I went and got another business credit card right. and I went to Key, Key Bank, and Key Bank gave me $40,000 in business credit, 0% interest. And I'm still working on that money right now, flipping it a whole bunch of times before that interest kicks in. So that's why I'm trying to, you know, because I, I got my good credit, right? Personally, right. Right. I leveraged that to get business credit and now I'm using credit to make money and not to buy stuff.
5: And that's and that's what really people need to understand about uh, leveraging credit. Mm-hmm. Not your personal money, you know, leveraging credit money. money you can go get. And, and then all of a sudden, when you need it, you can go get it. And that's really the key, because a lot of people, they, they wait till uh, they wait till, uh, till it's too late. You know, the it's debt is late. on them. Right. They Look at them square in the eyes. And then they can't go. Mm-hmm. They can't go anywhere to fix that problem. And you're talking about Rashawn. Right. Go out there and get the line of credit. It's zero right, interest. Right, right. When it's available, you can go get it. It's called a line of credit. Right. And so that's what I've tried to do in my life. You know, uh, this is almost like a, a really powerful refresher course for me because of the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, you, you even I'm considered an expert, though, Herman, that doesn't mean I'm mm-hmm. an expert because you know if you don't do stuff all the time and keep, keep you know, like like if you don't if you know spanish you don't space say spanish you don't speak it all the time you're, gonna lose, it. you're yeah. gonna lose it and the same thing uh-huh. with these muscle memory you're talking about Rashawn. i have a business opportunity where i was a i was passionate about it then my brother had to slap me upside the head and say boy why don't you just start charging people and then that then you go you think And then, then, then the crazy question comes out of your mouth you think they'll pay me
3: Yeah. how much can i charge right and that's that's
5: when you start saying what is my value and that's the number one problem that people have in going into business they do not understand their value and that's when you have to do the research you have to look at competitors what they're charging and what they're offering and then you fall in line you don't have to match them but fall in the the the, the high and the low fall in the middle so you can get started and have a justification say hey if you don't if you if you think i'm high go over there go over there exactly you know you know Mm -hmm. my my reputation of what i've done for you justifies me charging you this i have a work history and so so that's really important when i'm talking to you and and developing it but also you're going to talk about remember the cpa side the team side of it remember that was the other question side Mm -hmm. i wanted to find out because (laughs) we started on you you said rashawn let me talk about this part before we get to the team
3: side right So definitely 100% get yourself a tax um, professional or a CPA. Mm -hmm. I think that's another thing that um, our community is definitely lacking. in Understanding taxes also um, and and how to not always pay taxes legally, because that's another thing. Like, it's one thing to make money, but you have to do your best to keep money. So I do have a professional that does work on my taxes, and we actually have a bi-monthly every other month. We have a meeting to see what the company has done. Let's pay some taxes early. Um, here's some strategy to help you defer in, in keeping more of your money and paying less taxes so that when April comes around in 2021, I'm in good standing. You know, the government just want their money, pay them their money. But. Also, what I re- um, what I realized from my mentors that are in my life is that there's many tax um, rules and regulations that the government has in place for entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. business owners um, that you can uh, that you can help keep a lot of your money. And if I could bore you with just just a couple of them, so um, when I because I have that piece of paper that says I'm an LLC or I'm right. a business. <laughs> So when I fly to Miami, I could have happened to be going to see my um, my aunt, right? Mm-hmm. But because I discuss business on that trip, I'm on the airplane and I give somebody my business card. I'm at the gas station. I talk about credit repair. Now I'm able to write off that plane ticket or that hotel because now it's a business trip. And there's a tactics that a lot of these Fortune 500 companies are using to keep a lot of the money that they earn. And we can do the same thing if we have that piece of paper, which is an LLC and documentation, and you are a real business.
5: That's key. The real business terms,
3: you
5: you know, you you heard me kind of like jokingly complain about uh, what the, you know, the pandemic that we are in. Um, Really, when you talk about trying to resolve, you can't just switch on the lights right now and fix the problem in this country because, you know, 4.4 million people are applying for unemployment. And, you know, Mm -hmm. the states are slowly reopening. We're talking maybe a couple of years before we even see a complete turnaround. Of, of right. the results of this turnaround, what advice right. are you giving to your clients, and what are you giving to any potential customer that will come to you right now who's seeking opportunities to fill in the potential loans because we know they're tighter now, restrictions are tighter, tighter now. Yep, yep. What, what advice are you giving them right now, Herman?
3: So. The, the obvious one um, without having to belabor the point is when you put yourself in position, I always say that first, when you're in position with good credit, a lot of these resources are still accessible to you. So I have a lot of clients who I fixed their credit or they came to me with good credit. They're still getting capital. It may not be as much as it was before um, the, this pre-recession area that we're in, but they're still getting capital to make some moves. Number two, I want to talk to your entrepreneurs or people who are trying to get into this game is to be able to shift and pay attention to what's going on around you to make your business successful. So uh, here's an example of this. So um, it was probably three weeks ago. um, I'm I'm in my um, home office um, slash man cave and um, I hear a lot of ruckus upstairs. I go upstairs and my wife is working out in the living room. Right. She's never done that before. And I'm like, why are you, why are you making all this noise? Da, 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 da. And then I look over, she has her laptop open, the camera's pointed to her, and she's, um, connect, she's connected it to the flat screen TV, and it's a workout class. Somebody's doing a workout class. Right. I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. So I tap on the screen, and it's a Zoom call, and there are 165 people from all over the world on this phone call. On the Zoom call, excuse me, working out together. It's a Caribbean theme, so everybody got mm-hmm. their flags out there dancing and working out. Right. And I, I, was so intrigued by it. I sat down and I watched the whole thing. And then the lady, you know, um, gave everybody opportunity to dance with their families and made it a real community um, situation because we're all stuck home together. Right. I actually emailed the lady after we were done. I was like, "Well, what do you do?" Because I was so intrigued. She's like, "Well, I, I, I own a gym." And of course, nobody can come to the gym. So she's like, I decided to, you know, do this phone call to keep everybody motivated. And I was like, Listen, when the gym's open again, right? continue bring your laptop to your class continue to right. do the same situation mm-hmm. and charge five dollars for the link for the zoom mm-hmm. link i bet you people will still pay for it Absolutely. because while people were locked in you figured out a way to bring people together and she like, right. oh my god that's a brilliant idea i'm like right. there's 200 people on this call
4: mm-hmm. imagine
3: what it's going to be like when you open again so being able to be creative and shift your business um to something new especially online um is a great strategy for entrepreneurs to still be able to make money
5: that's what peloton's doing that's all they're doing right now. That's you all know, they're doing. Yeah. You know, you know they sit yeah. up there. Somebody's training. They charging charging um, amazing numbers. And it's really smart. Uh-huh. It's like, you know, you're a visionary from that standpoint. You see an opportunity right. to make money and you can tap right. into it. But you know what? She's doing the same thing we talked about earlier. Afraid to charge. She's providing mm-hmm. a service. Say, say she got 160 people and she say $10. Right. She might go down right. to 50. She might go down to 50, but that's 50 right. she didn't have before. And she will but get back yeah. up to it. You know, what I'm saying I know
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm, really, really going to share Everybody's going to share the link. Absolutely. You know, yeah.
5: But uh, you know, it's really definitely. interesting. I was to tell people, you know, you can let people come into your business for free and you can mm-hmm. charge them a dollar. They're coming with a different attitude.
4: Yeah. yeah they they want
5: to know what they're spending their money on. And so mm-hmm, if you're charging mm-hmm. people for this workout, then guess what? You're presented differently as well but mm-hmm. also they understand the value of what they're getting out of it. And they're sharing more than saying that, Hey, you know, I'm just doing this thing over here. It's for free. People don't promote free as much as they promote something they get out of Something they pay for. In this case, you're just understanding that the listeners should understand this. How can I get in touch with you, Herman? And also, how can you give me a banners? I have a weekly newsletter that goes out to 90,000 people every Friday morning at 9 a.m. Definitely love to promote your brand, promote your business, because that's what money making conversations is all about. But tell us how to reach out to you.
3: So um, you can reach out and call my office. We're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. To 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our phone number is 609 832 3552. That's 609 832 3552. And you can email me at info at BellasloanEnterprises.com. That's info at B E L L A S L O A N Enterprises, E N T E R E R I S E S.com.
5: My man, I want to thank you for coming on my show, Money Making Conversation. He's the CEO and the owner. Um, Bella Sloan Enterprises. Definitely um, want to hear from you in the future. Definitely get that banner to me so I can promote you on my social media as well as in my newsletter. Thank you, sir.
3: Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day.
5: If you want to hear more episodes of Money Making Conversations, go to MoneyMakingConversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host.
6: we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.
5: My next guest was a former track star. Okay, that's really important to know. She's an athlete because she's starring in a new episode, new series that she's very athletic. Was discovered on a, on YouTube as a singer. Now that here here was a former track star. Now, but was discovered on YouTube as a singer. Now she's a model because she's very attractive. A rising actress in Hollywood because you know somebody patched her in on the interview. She didn't just call me director. Somebody patched her in, so she's big timing. You've seen her work on FX Atlanta, BET's American Soul, the movie Superfly and Fox musical drama Star. She's on the show to talk about her career, her, which I really love to talk about. Hashtag love and light heart love and light heart and soul scholarships the ups and downs of Hollywood and her new sci-fi series which I am in love with vagrant queen please welcome to money making conversation Adrian Ray hello hello hi thank you for having me uh first of all thank you for coming on the show Adrian. of
2: course I'm, I'm happy to be here
5: now where are you based at right now
2: I'm based in
5: Los Angeles okay cool now um the TV show mm-hmm. I love it uh, your character Elita is uh, mm-hmm. first of all I don't want to jump the gun because you know when you see something you you tend to over talk to show a lot, d- d- tell me about your character Elita well Elita
2: is a young queen she was deemed queen at a very young age a queen in young-
5: denial though right when you say that
2: <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> um, she's a young queen who, at a young age, mm-hmm. they, uh, her monarchy was overthrown, and because it was overthrown, it, she was, you know, cast out, and she's on, been on the run for all these years of her life, and by the, uh, the Republic overthrowing her monarchy, mm-hmm. that she led to the death of her mother and her father, so um, she has resentment towards, you know, the monarchy and, and, and the crown in general.
5: Okay. So, so that means that you are a reluctant queen. Yeah. Okay, cool. Not good. Now you have two sidekicks on the show. You have, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I want to say she's, uh, first of all, Isaac, he's a person who you, um, uh, stole his ship and he shot you. Okay. <laughs> and, and then you have a may and a may character is Interesting. Cause we know she's gay. But then it always seems to be a moment that there may be something else between you and her, but somebody Mm -hmm. interrupts. It's kind of like a it. it, Does she like a maid? Is she trying to flirt with a maid? Because we know a maid which way she rolls, but we don't know which way a leader rolls. And so the first five episodes got your boy, meaning Rashawn McDonald, going over here hmm, is that potential romance between a and a mate? Can you give me that to dun da dun, dun dun or do I need to keep looking at the various episodes to find out?
2: <laughs> well, as you continue to watch, it'll become more clear. I mean, it's, it's the view that we've given to that um, in regards to the show, we literally gave it the same view as the characters. So the audience sees how this goes just like the characters do. Um but I, I would say to you, the key is to look at Alita and Amay when they're not looking at each other. Or they don't, like, when May's looking away, look at Alita and see.
5: Oh, I'll be looking. Um, I'm looking, girl. She's... I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm yeah, lo- I'm,
2: so it's, I'll, it's I'll definitely, see definitely a little, a little, a little um, sexual tension mm-hmm. and things like that. Alita mm-hmm. is a pansexual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely some sexual tension and some, some googly hard eyes.
5: Right. And it's always that moment. good writing, as they say, good writing, because and you're a very good actress, by the way. I want to compliment you. You you. know, when you found out your mother was alive, you know, a tear dropped immediately. And I went and, you know, it wasn't one of those, you know, I'm going to tell you something. I'm a type of person when I cry, you know, I can't talk and cry at the same time. So you know, I I do want to type crying and talking, okay? (laughs) And so and so, I'm looking at you, just dropping these tears and still maintaining vocal control. How do you do that, Adrian? Um, I
2: actually work with a a vocal coach,
5: and you know, I do. But you know, that's a a skill, right? That's, That's a skill you have to learn, right?
2: Well, not necessarily, but it does help to have diaphragm control, regardless okay, of so in, you, in your breath control. It's all control of the breathing. Honestly. So you saying
5: I'm a loser, Miss Ray? That's right. You say I'm a loser. I can't because because I can't cry and maintain vocal control. You know, I have these these <laughs> these heavy breathing. <laughs> no, you just got you just got to
2: control that diaphragm. Okay, the di- so tighten up, the tighten
5: up the gut. Tighten up the gut. But see, I have not. I was not a track star. I didn't have that. You know, because I want. About a track star, you have that diaphragm right. That that six pack. When you turn that corner, <laughs> the knees coming up near that chest. You're gonna be right now. So don't you do me on my own knees show now. I to chest. I say I don't. I'm, I'm, this, this interview is going bad for me right now. She's already told me I'm out of shape. I can't keep my breath. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about this series now. Yeah. First of all, you know, um, when it, when the opportunity came for me to interview you, you know. You know, Mm -hmm. we were in a meeting and I I looked you up online and I just started. I I know her from Atlanta and I knew her from American Soul and, of course, star. Now, Mm -hmm. you are the star of this series, Vagrant Queen. That is a Mm -hmm. enormous responsibility. Talk, walk us through the steps of of auditioning. And when you first was realized when it told you you was going to be the star of the show and you've been cast as the lead. Talk us about that because this is something I I would. uh, Let me tell you something before you answer answer the response. I just want to tell you something honestly. When I watch you, you you're so talented. Secondly, I realize that there's a high level of innocence in you that you are doing what you love and and, and you're being blessed to deliver it in this show. And um, the fact that you're doing it at such a young age and uh, on a show that's high profile, a high budget and a lot of sets. It's really wonderful. Now you can respond.
2: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so I got the audition from my manager and he sent over the sides. I immediately tried to get into the world of Vagrant Queen. So I read the comic, I read the sides, and I read the pilot script, mm-hmm. which really all of it helped because the writer Jim, um, she's she's amazing and amazingly talented. And she really did a great job at taking that comic book, because it's an adaptation, taking that comic book world and really turning it into a TV adaptation. And um, you could really find the two worlds to be the same when you go from the comic to the uh, television series. So I really found, you know, the comic to be very helpful. So I went and built my character and instantly fell in love with her, instantly resonated with her words. I was off book as in um, my the words that they gave me to audition with were memorized very fast. And um, from doing that, I did my audition. You know, I, I just went out there and I had fun and I, I did what I thought, you know, was funny and fun and, you know, what I wanted to do, what I wanted to bring to the character. And luckily and <laughs> amazingly well, the, the whole creative team, they really liked my audition. So they called me in for a callback with some tweaks. And I sent over another tape because at this point, our showrunner was in South Africa and I Mm -hmm. located in Los Angeles. So we did it via self-tape, two self-tapes, and then I get a phone call from my manager. And um, he tells me, he says, can I speak to Alita. And I just start freaking out. I'm in Ralph's. I got to get out there. I got to get out the store. Like, now, Ralph is a grocery the store in Los
5: Angeles. But they are just gonna be saying like Ralph's everywhere. Ralph's aren't everywhere. Ralph's is a big, it's like Kroger's okay. or Publix. It's based in yeah, Los Angeles. It's, I believe really in Los Angeles Fifty. It's really big. Okay, continue. Mm-hmm. She's so in Ralph. I'm, I'm,
2: um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the grocery store and um, I get out and I have to, you know, have my whole moment and they tell me that I book it and you know that that feeling was just amazing and none of it actually hit me that I was the lead and a a woman of color lead in a sci-fi series LGBTQ plus representation none of that really hit me in the moment all of it was just like oh man I booked a show (laughs) and that's just like where I was living in the moment and as I got you know, to South Africa, as I got started getting into costume, it all started uh, like unraveling and like, Oh, I am, I am the actual lead. I am the vagrant queen. I am a woman of color leading a sci-fi series. And, you know, as much as it could seem, you know, scary to someone, um, it wasn't, it wasn't terrifying or scary to me because I didn't see it as like something that could possibly turn negative at all. So because of the way I embraced it, it really allowed me to um, just live in that space and, and embrace it and, and flourish within it. And I'm just super grateful and humble to be able to play such an impactful role, a powerful role that has so much representation on so many different levels.
5: You know, you, we're living in the era of the Black Panther. OK, where we know that. You know, when you're given an opportunity, you have to shine, because uh, you know we never know. Because everybody, you know, if a failure at, at that high profile level can deter other opportunities at that level, and so and pa- 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 Black Panther delivered, it over delivered, and uh, and also opened doors. I'd like to believe for opportunities like this. And when I see yeah. what you're doing, you know, I saw the first episode, and it's like if you're a, a fan of uh, Guardian of the Galaxy. This is a, a tone, a character type tone, because she's an anti-hero. She, she—I should say—a reluctant hero. And uh, and as mm-hmm. each episode goes along, she starts gathering her her band, her group, her, her her teammates, her sidekicks. You know, and Isaac is a reluctant sidekick who is from Earth. But watch series so you can get his backstory. And then a she picked him up. She picked her up, picked her up, and a May is kind of like she's along for the ride. You know, she's supposed to be a person that was supposed to be just dropped off. But Hey, she, she, she sees some opportunities just to be creative. She's a, she's a geek. She's a, she's a guru in the, in the mechanic room. She is the, uh, she is the Scotty Scotty.
3: We need more power. We need more power
5: of Star Trek. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: She's the glue that holds us together for sure.
5: But more importantly, you're the glue. The, the fifth episode, you know, each episode gets better. The fifth episode made me mad because it really, you know, what's 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 the villain's name? Lazarus or Lazarus? What's his, the villain's the villain's name? Lazaro. Lazaro. Now, Lazaro, you know, he is an evil, evil guy. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This series is, you know, they beat up people. There's some blood in this series now. And there's uh, some campiness, which which should be called humor. And there is uh, teamwork. There's a lot of backstabbing. There's a lot of lying. There's a lot of uh, I thought you said this. I thought you was this There's a lot of uh, unforeseen directions for the characters. And you think you're going in this direction. There are lives that are lost. There are lives that are lost. There are more lives that are lost. And then it whittles it all down to <laughs> where you're at right now. You're you're uh, after episode five. I'm i I'm believing you're ready to save the galaxy. Correct.
2: Mm, I, I
6: I can't speak on that. Oh, my goodness.
5: I, I set you up, Adrian. I, and you're just going to leave me hanging out there. I don't think I'm telling the series. I think I, I'm i just on episode five, Now episode five. I would think that's the attitude you're going to have moving forward. Crazy man, he got the, the orb that you, you didn't have time to get the information on how to use it. And then all of a sudden he knew how to use it. Now he has ultimate power. I don't even know how you're going to tackle him because even though you are blood, you have the blood of the, of the kingdom or the queen or the king or the uh, whatever. You still don't have the orb. He has it now. So now episode six, which I have to watch this Thursday night at 11 o'clock on Sci-Fi Channel. I'm listen I'm talking to Adrian Ray. She's a star of Fragrant Queen, a great, great series. Are people reacting to you like I'm reacting to you?
6: Um, everyone reacts
5: differently, but, oh, okay. Okay. The okay. overall well,
6: reaction let me, is great. Let me ask you, how am I
5: reacting? You know, I don't want to be like a little, a little fan or uh, don't know what I'm talking about. Am I, am I? No, I'll, I'll, you're okay. Okay, good. Thank you. Because you have a great series. Now, before we got to the great series, I read in mm-hmm. your bio, you were discovered on YouTube as a singer. How does that happen?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, divine intervention, I suppose, because um, I had like no YouTube subscribers or anything like that. I was just (laughs) singing in my house, (laughs) singing in my my house, I posted it on Instagram, Uh someone followed and uh, they went to the YouTube and checked out the song and then they actually worked at, um, they worked at Radar, which is a subdivision of, of Epic Records. Mm-hmm. and they showed their boss and their boss was like bring her in let's let's have her sing for us and let's talk to her mm-hmm. and uh yeah we went in from there but that's that's literally how i started getting into the entertainment industry and from there you know i i being on some sets and things like that i found out about acting and because i was in atlanta right. you know that's black hollywood and um i remember being on a, a video set and doing acting like as like like lead acting and they were like, you're pretty good at this. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And they're like, you know, you should really try because you're in Atlanta and you should at least just, you know, give it a try since you're here. So I was like, okay, and then I found my mentor Carl Payne, who that's my, that's
5: my man. That's my man.
2: Yeah, and uh, he took me under his wing and just taught me so, so, so very much, and I'm forever grateful to Carl. Mm-hmm. And uh, he started me with, you know, Stanislavski, Stella Adler, and those those techniques. So the first thing Carl did with me was train. Mm-hmm. I know often people when they turn and they say, I want to be an actor, and that's that's fine. If that's your passion, that's. A beautiful thing that you found that right but the first thing is not i need to i need to get headshots and find an act find an agent and go book a role the first thing you need to do is train Mm
4: -hmm. because
2: um as i uh as i read in a beautiful interview by Brittany, who is one of the stars of boomerang she said it is it is your talent It like an agent will get you in the room yes but your talent will keep you in the room True. Your talent will get you booked. True. So that's that's the important thing that you really need to cultivate.
5: Mm-hmm. Well, let's go back to the show now. I'm, I'm going to bounce back and forth because mm-hmm. a different points I want back. Now, now, the sets. Now, this is what has impressed me about the show, because when you do a show like this, you know, one of the things that can destroy a show is the sets. Uh, mm-hmm. What was tied to it—the acting, the the uh, I guess the the fight sequences, the special effects—and mm-hmm. your show does a phenomenal job. Talk about the sets that that and where you guys are shooting the show.
2: Well, the sets are absolutely phenomenal, like you said, and we shoot in Cape Town, South Africa, which offers just a huge variety of terrains to work with. I mean, from episode five, you see the dunes in Atlantis, and then. All the way to the beautiful mountains that you see in episode three, where I go meet Clive. All of these are actual mountains and dunes; they're not CGI. I mean, the most CGI you'll see is like an extra moon added into the sky. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, it looks uh, of another galaxy, not yours. But um, <laughs> oh, yeah, we—we uh, <laughs> 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 we, we for sure, no, nope, we for sure had a lot of fun filming in all these different places and. It was just beautiful that one place in the motherland had so much to offer regarding not just the the scenes and the sets, but also the talent. There's a lot of South African actors who are a part of our casting crew, a part of our cast. Yeah. And um, it was just it was just a beautiful, beautiful thing to experience.
5: Well, you know, I, I, I'll be remiss if I don't talk about the makeup because the makeup's phenomenal mm-hmm. the makeup design and all that is crafted very well and that's what that's what excites me about the show. First of all I'm a, I'm a sci-fi person. I enjoy watching sci-fi. I, I but to, but to support you as a lead on an incredibly well-produced crafted series is important because of the fact that you're good. You're really really good at what you do. Now, there's a lot of physical fight scenes there's a lot of running there's a lot of jumping talk to us about that training process
2: well luckily like you stated i've been an athlete all of my life um i've been playing field hockey since i was five running track basketball all these things so i was able to have you know that coordination center of gravity all of those things naturally within my being but i had an amazing stunt like crew Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they trained me. I had a personal trainer as well who trained me with boxing and kinesthetic and dynamic training, the kickboxing. And, you know, as actors, it is our job to make sure that we stay in shape, right. but I didn't know I was going to get an action hero role. So, <laughs> you know, my, my training had to shift from just going to the gym and doing cardio to actually like punching and kicking and, and working out in a different way a more right. athletic
4: mm-hmm. building
2: way. So, mm-hmm. um, That's what my training consisted of. Uh, We shot six days a week. I train three to five times a week. And I have one day to myself every, every week.
5: Now, with that being said, Mm-hmm. Did you get any bruises or did you get thrown off on any of the uh, any of the uh, acting, the physical scenes? or, Because or, I'm watching. I'm trying to figure is that her fighting? Is that her making that kick? Is that making her make that throw? Is she being thrown around? How did that work out for you physically in all the action scenes?
2: Um, I actually did 98% of my stunts. Congr- so, wow. Um, okay. Come on now, girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I did 98% of my stunts and, um, I did injure myself, you know, there's, there's small little injuries like, uh, cuts or things like that that have happened, but I've never, I never really like genuinely hurt myself like badly. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did mm-hmm. get, you know, some bumps and bruises, mm-hmm. but all of which I'm just, I didn't even tell anybody about it. Cause I wanted to continue to do my stunts. Mm-hmm. So I was like, no, I'm fine. Mm-hmm.
5: Just, just, just manned up, right there. Hey, hey, don't worry about it. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good.
2: Yeah, I'm good.
5: Well, uh, well, I'm just to let you know that this. I'm just having fun talking to you because you know uh, I'm talking to the star of the series, and uh, you're answering inside questions, except you know, what's going to happen after episode five, you know, that's the only thing you (laughs) said, you're not going to, which I'm cool. I respect that. We're going to get a relationship going here, you know, eventually on future interviews, you know, you're going to let me in on a little bit more secrets. Let's talk about (laughs) your scholarships. You know, the, let's shift here, because this is a side of you that I always like to talk with my, especially people in entertainment. I call it a balanced life, you know, being able to, you -hmm. know, you're focused on your career, but what are you doing for the community? What, 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 what keeps your mind active, when you're not acting or entertaining. It's called the hashtag love and light heart and soul scholarship. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah. So this scholarship, I must say is so, so, so close to my heart. Um, As I previously stated, I am a certified laboratory scientist and I went to school and studied physician assistant studies as well. So I have degrees and I know what it's like to be a first generation college student. I know what it's like to go to college and your parents, are like, that's amazing. I don't. We don't know how we can pay for that, but that's amazing right. that you got in. Mm-hmm. And you just try to figure out a way to make this work. Now, I remember that anxiety that I had. I remember the stress that I had every semester in the midst of finals, because that's when it's all winding down, worrying about if I'm going to have enough money to, to live on campus, if I'm going to have enough money for books, can I even pay my scholarship, my uh, tuition? Will I be able to come back?
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, that's
2: just a fear. I, I genuinely, I, I didn't like it at all. And As someone who has been blessed to be able to live in my passion and um, have the financial stability to give back, I feel like it's my duty to actually help students. They don't have to go through these things. And if I can do something about it, I'm going to help. So the Love and Light Media Heart and Soul Scholarship is my way of giving back to the community in that way. So the Heart Scholarship is for the heart of our country And it is for students who are interested in things in the medical field, whether that's nursing, PA, OT, occupational therapy, um, as a doctor, um, as a nurse practitioner, all of those things. And it's for people who, you know, come from underprivileged areas. You have to have a certain criteria for your GPA. And um, then you have the soul scholarship, which I believe is for the soul of our nation, which is the arts. The arts feed your soul. So, for those of those those people who want to go into, you know, cinematography, uh, directing, they want to go into school for theater. That's a scholarship that's available for them, and we're working very hard to get that off the ground amidst this COVID nineteen um, pandemic. Mm-hmm. But we're really working on it to get it off the ground.
5: My friend, I want to thank you for coming on my show. She's the star of the hit uh, sci-fi series. Sci-fi It's on Sci-Fi Network. I shouldn't say Sci-Fi Series. It's on the Sci-Fi Network. Every Thursday night at <coughs> 11 Eastern, you can catch her. Uh, the star of Vagrant Queen, uh, her two sidekicks, uh, Isaac and Amay, and uh, they're fantastic. I laugh. I enjoy. Um, first of all, your wonderful interview, by the way. I want to let you know you enjoy. We could talk forever, but again, we all have time limits, and I will support your show. I'll put banners. I'll talk to your PR company and send me banners so I can post it on my social media. I almost got a million followers. And I also have a 90,000 fan club uh, a, a, a group that uh, that's pretty loyal to me. Then I'm going to put your banner in and know that you got a young person over here that's uh, supporting you and going to keep winning with you. And then, you know, my boy, Carl Payne. So that that's another extra, extra <laughs> blessing in this relationship, my friend. So you keep winning. Thank OK, you. And I want to thank you for coming on. money Making conversations. All okay? right. Thank you. Uh, If you want to hear more interviews about Money Making Conversation, please go to MoneyMakingConversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host.
1: In this season of giving, Kohl's has gifts for all your loved ones. For those who like to keep it cozy, find fleeces, sweaters, loungewear, blankets, and throws. Or support minority-owned or founded brands by giving gifts from Human Nation and Shea Moisture. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tomorrow's Mega Millions jackpot is over 300 million. Whew, play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18
4: years or older to purchase player flyers.